Are you ready? All right, then flip the page. Here we go. Okay. So we, I, I've, been, I've been stalling on talking about what I want to talk about this morning. Uh, because, and I'm going to take this off. I, I feel far enough away from you guys that, that, that I'm not going to spit on you or get whatever nasty comes, comes your way from me. If I do, I'll, I'll get you a towel. Oh, thanks, Rodney. Rodney, he knew what I was thinking. He's like, I need that. I need that stool. I'm feeling the stool, man. Here we go. I'm feeling the stool. Here we go. Ah, finally, let me put my phone on here. Yeah, so for, for about a month, uh, well, for about a, a year, 15 months, <laughs> a few days, I've had this weird anxiousness, and you guys know that you've had it too. Everybody have a weird anxiousness? It's like the world, it went sideways in, you know, in the pandemic age, and we're still, we're still kind of in it. And there's something in all of us that, that we, we want homeostasis. We want you know, we want things to always return to normal. And normal uh, is, you know, changes over time, right? What's normal for you when you're five years old is not the same normal as what it is as an adult. And even, you know, a year ago normal or two years ago normal is way different than what normal is today. And And so I've just had this weird anxiousness uh, you know it's kind of it's kind of like life's good life's life's you know it's, it's not normal you know completely normal uh but we've gotten to a new homeostatic place but there's still like a like a splinter or maybe a couple splinters and in fact i i, I injured my foot somehow or my ankle somehow this week I, I think on my peloton i was trying to ride too hard you know when i get anxious i i just like yeah let's do this thing and all of a sudden my my ankle's not not uh cooperating with me and that's kind of how i've i've felt is like I, I can still put weight on it i can still walk but i can't i can't go as fast as i want to go i can't get where i want to go fast does everybody acknowledge that you might have some kind of thoughts like this at a regular time? So about a month ago, and it's been a, like a month of prayer, I'm like, Lord, I, you know, I need, a, I need a, a prophetic word from you, right? Uh, and, and let me just back up. There's, there's kind of three ways that we can read our Bibles, right? Uh, we, we can read our Bibles devotionally, uh, which, is, which is how I tend to operate. I, I want to read to hear. It's like, Lord, what are you saying? Like we do with our sacred reading. It's like, oh, yeah, the Lord wants to take me up higher. The, the Lord wants to give me a different perspective. And we read devotionally. And of course, it, we can read scholarly. Uh, I, I love studying the Bible. Uh, that's, it's, it's, it's a, used to be a passion. Now it's a, now it's a really cool hobby. I like to go into the words and go, what, what, what does this mean? And uh, I, I spent time doing that in a seminary one time. And I, I was telling somebody recently, I had to do this paper. It was a very long paper that to describe why every word was in the Bible. Because 
if the Bible says that every word has been chosen by God, then every word should be there. And they all, they all, the professor only had me do one book. Uh, it was very difficult because, <laughs> you know, you think, well, there's a lot of extra words in here. <laughs> but if you take a, a scholarly look at it, that's not true. And anyway, most people don't leave that way. Uh, but then there's a third way, and that's the prophetic way. And the prophetic way is, is it, it's different devotionally. It is encouraging, but it also wants to give you a glimpse into the future. And, and so I'm like, Lord, I really need a, a glimpse into your future that's encouraging. And so uh, what, what I do, like often when I'm praying, uh, scriptures will come to my mind. And, uh, and I'll look them up, and you know, sometimes they're prophetic, and sometimes it's just me remembering scriptures, which are great. I love They're all good, any ones you remember. Uh, but the scripture that kept coming back to me was this parable of the wineskins. And so I had to revisit it. And over the last month, that's what I, that's what I, I did. And, and because I, I know the Lord was saying something to me, and I'll give it to you as something that might be beneficial to you. So you guys good with that? And so, what, what, whatever you've thought about the parable of the, of the cloth and the wine skins is probably wrong from a, a scholarly point of view. I'll just, tell you that. Um, because like with most things, uh, when we're reading our Bible, we forget context. And we don't see the context. Of, we, we look at something, we go, oh, that thing's standing alone. And we try to interpret it or see it from God's perspective, looking at that thing alone. But you have to often look, you know, either the whole chapter, the whole book, the whole Bible. And when you get, when you get the whole context, you go, oh, that makes more sense than what I'm trying to understand. And so I've studied this, and I've probably preached it wrong, you know, two or three times over uh, my preaching career. Uh, but I, I, there's a couple points in it that I, I think will, will, will help us um, about the, the, the season we're in and the season that's coming. Do you, I, I wanted... I, and I'm, I've also been studying, here's some other stuff I've been studying. I've been studying uh, Matthew 25, which if you look at it, um, these are end, end times passages. It's uh, the, the parable of the virgins, uh, Jesus talking about the sheep and the goats. Uh, he, he's talking about the end times there. And I've been, because I've really gotten the sense, and I'm not saying this is the end of the end, you know, everybody, uh, no one knows the day or the hour. But we're in a different season than we've ever been in. And to be not awake <laughs> would be to be amiss. That what God is asking Christians to go through in this season is different than, than any other season we've been in. So you okay with that? Uh, and it's great because we're going to rise to the, we're going to rise to the occasion. So this is what, um, uh, well, and I'm, I'm going to stop. I'll let you guys talk for a couple minutes. What has changed? In our world in the last 20 months, you guys tell me. What's changed? And, and take it from your, I mean, we can go worldwide, but I, I want to, as I was thinking about it, like, what are all the things that have changed? Uh, and not little things, but big things. Not like, you know, the president, everybody knows that. Uh, but what has changed in the dynamic of the world order that you guys can see? Anybody? 
Go ahead. Just call them out. The brokenness is more apparent. The brokenness, the sin that has been talking, been talked about in the Bible, is more like emerges to let me see more clearly, including myself. That's great. Yeah, the brokenness is definitely more profound. Before, the world was kind of okay, but now it's really messed up. Okay, that's a good one. Who's that? perspective of things, we see things different. We do, th- yeah, we yeah. See, we see different things that we didn't notice before. We notice they're more evident now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's good. Anybody else? We're in the seminar today, guys. You guys have to you have, you have to you have to work. I'm not preaching today. I just want us to I, because it'll make more sense if we're more connected to what we're aware of. What what else? It's just the, the dividing lines. The dividing lines. Yeah, there's division. There, there's there's greater division uh, between you know Giants and Dodgers fans. No, but there, there, no, but the division of the world, uh, and even a spirit of division, right? Because when we look at people, we, we we look at them as as tribal. You know, it's like, okay, you know, what what are all these people doing? You know, coming into uh, you know our 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 land instead of what are people? You know, the the Bible uh, teaches us to see spiritually. When we look at people, it says that we're not to look anymore as as from the flesh. Never, anybody, you know, because as new creation, we don't look at people from the from a fleshy point of view. Great. So we got the division. I think that's somewhere on mine. I would say our personal, um, because of our isolation, lack of trust. <laughs> Eat that guy. He's, he's talking. Go ahead, Rodney. We'll get back to you. Because of our uh, isolation, our personal interactions with the world is now much more um, we're spectators of what's in media versus how we're experiencing it on an individual basis. So I, I feel like our how we see things has been more easily molded by what we watch. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Media and technology have have shaped our thinking. This is the world's thinking. Bible thinking needs to come from another completely different place. But we we've all been molded into it, and that, that's why. I'm, and thanks for bringing that up because it's part of my my perspective is is going. Why am I thinking this way? Why am I taking a world's point of view instead of a spiritual point of view on this? So go, go ahead, Maria. Fear of expressing our true thoughts. Fear. What we really think, we, we just, we're afraid of saying it. Mm-hmm. Afraid of offending somebody. Mm-hmm. So we are not being totally honest. So maybe we're, right, sure. Yeah. Well, and that's just one type of fear. There's a lot of fear. There is a spirit of fear upon uh, upon the earth, uh, th- and it's coming in many different ways. Go ahead, Marie. Um, death. I'm thinking more about death. Um, it's a subject that I was afraid to think of before, or I am afraid to think of before. But it's I think it's in everybody's mind. It's just people are expressing differently, and without God, it's a different, a completely different point of view. So 
Uh, I hear more death around me in the last two years, uh, COVID or non-COVID related, but it just makes me pay attention to that. Wow. And his gospel. And his gospel. <laughs> yeah. No, that is true. We're, we have a heightened awareness of uh, physical safety and and those that health and those kind of things. Yeah, no, that's we're afraid. People are afraid. Anything else? Oh, Chidi. I think I've, I've never felt more my life hatred. Yes, like there's people are hating. Yeah, everybody's canceled. You know, Bob Dylan sang about that a long time ago. Everybody must get stoned. We, we have to throw stones at everyone. Yes. Controlled. Controlled. Yes. We have a fear. We, we, it's not just a fear. We have a, we're like, who's, who's telling me what to do? Who's mandating the, everything? Is, but, which is different for us. It may be, yeah. No, it's, it, it's part of this gigantic world psyche that is affecting our spiritual lives. And I've been wanting, I, I, I want us to be instructed to break through this. We have to for the future. Are you okay? Oh, baby. I was just saying, uh, I don't know, as you've been going through the fruits of the Spirit in the last few months, it seems like the fruit of the world is so much in opposition of the Spirit. And, you know, as we've been focused on different fruits of the Spirit, I just think, you know, just like what Judy said, the opposite of love is so much Hatred. greater than it's ever been in my focus before. And the peace, rather than peace, there's unrest rather than joy their sorrow and a lot of people I, I think this is one of the things that I think has seemed to me as the most one of the most prevalent things in the last 20 months maybe not right at the beginning is like a depression you know I, I'm thinking of my neighbors my you know and anxiety so you know which is the opposite of so just the mm-hmm. op- opposites of love, peace, and joy, and people are yearning for that. It hasn't, you know. Yeah, I yeah. Mean, that's it. In the world was able to fill some of those things before, but mm-hmm. in the last 20 months, those have been taken away from people, and without God and without mm-hmm. the source of real joy, real peace. Yeah. You know, then we anesthetize yeah, ourselves. I just see people, I, I just see people there seem to be in pain you know, mm-hmm. from the lack of those things. No. Yeah. Well, I think that what going through our the fruit of the spirit that was kind of profound for me to when we start focusing on things like oh, how is it the spirit's trying to do this? Because there is an opposition, right, to the fruit of the spirit. The fruit of the spirit is trying to, in the even in the midst, and that's the thing in the midst of the not you know nothing in, no cattle in the stall. 
in the midst of that is when the Holy Spirit is wanting to move powerfully in people. All right, shall I get to my... Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I want to say there also we feel like uncertainty. Uncertainty. Because I just feel like before, like we always have planned, you know, like every summer I take me back to visit my parents. And then last year we thought, oh, like everything will be okay. This year we can go back. But mm-hmm. like this year we say to Tiffany, like we say next year it should be okay. Then I think we can go back to visit where parents. Mm-hmm. Like you said it last year, mm-hmm. we're not sure. And are you sure, Mom? Yeah. Like, actually, not so sure. Yeah. The, the uncertainty and anxiety, like when this will be over, that we can start to real normal, then we can. Uh, real normal. Yeah. <laughs> and we're not sure about that yet. Exactly. No, I love that. I'm going to put that, I'm putting that down on my There's things. A lot of <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, and the you know the spirit of the world. Let me. Can I read you something? Some other scriptures. Here, here's Paul talking to Timothy real quick. Mark this: there will be terrible times in the last days. <laughs> okay, people will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, hateful, disobedient to parents, ungrateful unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, have nothing to do with such people. Uh, Anyway, We, we, we were... Doug. Okay, Doug. Sorry, buddy. You got your hand up. I can see the big hand there now. Go ahead. <laughs> I, I was just going to say, I think there's a, become a great lack of trust in institutions we used to believe in and stuff like that. Medical, maybe government and financials, we've always had a little less trust in and what the, the message is that they're passing along to us. But I think right now, I personally cannot believe anything I hear unless I'm hearing it three or four places confirming that it, it's that it is right, you know. I just—that's true. I think we're being lied yeah. to. Yeah, I think we're trying to be controlled. Well, it says that there we are being lied to, and we because we know that there's also a spirit of of lying that's among us. And as people of the truth, uh, we we can trust. We stick here, right? Don't believe what I say. Look it up. <laughs> read it, read it here. Go ahead, Leonard. I've been uh, just listening to what's been going on as you all of you been offering your how you feel, what what's been going on in our lives, in the world, uh, in the United States. In, in the world. It's in the world. California in the world. And then what what uh, you've been saying is all very good. Uh, even the, the gifts of the uh, the uh, fruit of the spirit. Which is we need it. We need to live the. It's one thing, however, the church is a is now I believe very cognizant of what's going on, but it's not the whole church. It's a remnant only. Mm-hmm. It don't seem to be enough because the one thing that we have missed is the one thing that 
a lot of denominations have left out the power of God. You just said it mm -hmm. a few minutes ago. Mm -hmm. We need the power of God. What is the power of God? It is the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. Yes, we need that spirit of, uh, of uh, you know, the, the word of knowledge. Mm -hmm. Where just God gives us what we need for that moment. Even for us, for our family, for others. And also, the, the word of knowledge, the word of wisdom, faith. Mm -hmm. That's one of the gifts of the Holy mm -hmm. Spirit. Mm -hmm. Increase our faith mm -hmm. because we're only given a portion, a little, just a little bit, and yeah. whatever happens after that, it depends on us. How much of the Holy Spirit do we want? Mm -hmm. We should have the whole inshallah, not just one little. All right, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> and, uh, you know, some people try to laugh mm. when uh, some people talk about the fire of God. Mm -hmm. When it gets time. We're got to act. He's not going to be. We're going to need the God. fire. He's the fire of God. It's a consuming fire that will destroy the wicked. Just look at it, what it says all over Scripture about what God is going to do to the wicked when the time comes, the right time. Mm -hmm. We all want it to be yesterday and ten years mm -hmm. ago, but God has a time when He is going to cleanse the land. Everybody Absolutely. Quotes that scripture. <laughs> uh, I mean, seven. Uh, uh, anyway, it's uh, mm -hmm. uh, Chronicles. Uh, uh, seven, oh, sub fourteen. 14. Mm -hmm. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, seek His Amen. face, seek His face, and then He will hear our prayer. Then He will forgive us our sins and what? Cleanse our land. The land. And that time is approaching real fast right now. But it begins, but you said it, the begins with my people, which is why we're talking today. Well, it's, a, yeah, there's, there's always, we can talk about that even more, but if we're, if we're awake, which we are today, this group, um, we are the, we are the remnant and we're called specifically to be part of God's solution in the earth. I, I, there's no longer a season for us to be able to just say, oh, that's okay. Uh, instead, God is taking all of the spirit, uh, the, the, you know, the world spirit that is upon us. We feel uh, powerless. How many feel powerless against you know, the stuff that we just talked about? Uh, I mean, to some great extent. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, why don't we, we? Why do we feel powerless again? It comes to the very thing we have not taken in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, which is the power of the Holy Spirit, or even the sevenfold spirits of God. You know, the Spirit is within us. Mm -hmm. the, the, the the Spirit of wisdom, understanding, the Spirit of counsel. Mm -hmm. When do we ever yeah. get together to, to, to find out about? It? Mm -hmm. And it goes on. Yeah, absolutely. That's the first thing. <laughs> I'm going to continue on because I got, I got to get this message out. So, you guys with me? So hold the thoughts. I'm I'm interested. We'll we'll debrief after. But I but I um, unless you want this to be a 16 part series, <laughs> you know, which which is which is a possibility. 
No, but I no, I I did. I wanted us to saturate a little bit in what has changed, so that we can get to where Leonard is is talking, because I really believe that that what's part of what the Lord's doing is He's wanting to awaken His church, the remnant, in these days, uh, because we are God's solution for a world that is also feeling all this stuff, but does not have Christ, right? So let's get on it. Are you ready? Here we are. Uh, so Luke 5, 33 to 39, now I have to go faster because I enjoyed our, our time here. It says, then they said to him, now who's they who said to him? There, there were some disciples. I'll give you the quick background. There were some disciples of John's. There were some disciples of the Pharisees. And there were, uh, who were asking this question, they're saying, John's disciples often fast and pray, and so do the disciples of the Pharisees. But yours go on eating and drinking. I just love Jesus' disciples. <laughs> they said, and Jesus answered, uh, Jesus answered, can you make the friends of the bridegroom fast while he is with them? But the time will come when the bridegroom will be taken away from them. In those days, they will fast. He told them this parable. No one tears a piece out of a new garment to patch an old one. Otherwise, they will have torn the new garment, and the patch from the new will not match the old. And no one pours new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise, the the new wine will burst the skins. The wine will run out, and the wineskins will be ruined. No, no. New wine must be poured into new wineskins. And no one, after drinking old wine, wants the new. For they will say, the old is better. Now, one of the things that came to my mind when I started reading this, because I really believe that our church, as well as the, the church at large, has to come into a new season in order for God to use it gloriously. I really believe that. But there's this old thing here where it says that no one after drinking the old wine (laughs) uh, wants the new. And there's a decision that we all have to make in our own life is do we want to live our old way or do we want to move into God's new way? Now everybody here says, I want to move into God's new way. And and we'll talk about that. Bless you. Uh, so let, let me let me just give you a, a quick background because there's three things that I think that this this scripture points out that we're going to need in this season ahead. And the first one is that Jesus he he doesn't he answers them interestingly uh, right off. He says, "Can you make the friends of the bridegroom fast while he is with them?" The first thing he does, he doesn't answer the question, but he puts the focus where the focus needs to be. In every season, whether there's no cattle in the stalls and no figs on the tree, our focus needs to be on Christ. You know I say this every week, right? (laughs) There's not a week that goes by that I don't point you to Jesus and say, let Jesus be the center and the focus of our life. And in this season... It's easy because of all the things we just talked about, the fear, the distraction, the hatred, the division, the, the, the media, the lies, the, the, the powers that be, 
the spirit that's over that wants us to focus on that. And we cannot enter into the season that God has for us while we're focusing on that. It's impossible. That's what they're, and, and even right here, John's disciples often fast, and so do the disciples of the Pharisee. Which political party are you in? Are you with John? Are you with the Pharisees? And Jesus said, I am the bridegroom. You're missing this. This isn't about parties. This isn't about religious activities. This isn't the right way to do religion. This is about who are you going to worship? And so he takes this and says, let me elevate the bridegroom to you. What the Lord's been speaking to me through this, and, and I guess, again, I'm just looking in the mirror and saying, Lord, what are you saying to me? He's saying, you need to have an undistracted focus on Jesus. Stop allowing the other voices to, to now inform your life. What is Jesus saying? And am I lifting him up? Uh, I've also been reading uh, the book of Revelation. The Revelation is the revelation of Jesus. That's what it says. It's not revelations. It's the revelation of Jesus. Can I read some to you? Okay. I, I, I just had some extra scriptures for us this morning. I just love them. Uh, you'll like this one, if it's, if it's still in my notes. It's in chapter 1 of Revelation. And it says, I turned around to see the voice that was speaking to me. And when I turned and saw seven golden lampstands, and among the lampstands was someone like the Son of Man, dressed in a robe, reaching down to his feet, with a golden sash around his chest. The hair on his head was white like wool and white as snow, and his eyes were like a blazing fire, and his feet were like bronze glowing in a furnace, and his voice was like the sound of rushing waters. Man, oh man. I'm going to read another one. You guys ready for another scripture? I know, you guys, are, you guys love, love the word like I do. It's Colossians 1.15. The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in Him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, All things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body of the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have supremacy. That means being one, number one. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on heaven, on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Why am I reading this? Because the world wants us to have a smaller view of Jesus. I hear people all the time, oh, I believe in God. Anybody that says I believe in God doesn't believe in God. Sorry. <laughs> Because when you say, I believe in God, you're believing in an ethereal. When you say, I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, or 
the Lord God, when I read the Old Testament, says the Lord God. If you say, oh, I believe in the Lord God, then I'm like, okay, then you believe in God. If you say, I believe in God, you don't believe in God. Because there's, there's a very personal relationship between a person who knows God. It's not an ethereal thing. It's Jesus. And when Paul is writing this, he is the image of the invisible God. Jesus. He's, he's, you know, and when John's there going, when I saw him, I can't believe it. He was beautiful and awesome. And if the Jesus we have is just this little kind of like, oh yeah, he's got, we're kind of hanging out. That's not the Jesus that's going to take us into the future. Are you okay with that? I'm going to keep moving. Uh, see, God wants to ruin, and, and Jesus is addressing this. He says, hey, he told him the parable, no one tears a piece of, out of a new garment to patch an old one. And he's saying in this is that we can't get to the new, but, or you can't get where we want to go by just tearing up, by adding something on the outside, right? Jesus, he used the, he, it's kind of a double parable. He uses one. Uh, the, the cloth. A lot of times we just want to change the outside. And a lot of times, even some of our talks over the last some weeks, we're like, oh, on the outside, I'm not doing so well. You know? And a lot of times what we do is we put on some new clothes and we're looking good. We're still not. But then he talks about the wine going on the inside. And he goes, that's not even good enough. <laughs> that's not good enough. Because you'll burst. What I'm looking for is not a new way. I'm looking for a new people. And this is where this develops because this parable is in the center of when Jesus is choosing his disciples. And they're saying, are you going to be like John's disciples? Or are you going to be like the Pharisees' disciples? And Jesus said, no, my disciples are going to be bridegroom disciples. They're not like you guys. They're not worried about the same things you're worried about. So I want to talk about these, about us for a minute. Okay? Jesus is asking us to be a new type of disciple. And we're like, well, I've been a disciple of Jesus for a long time. <laughs> and, and I like the way it was. And this is, this is my problem. This has been my problem is like, I can't go back to being the disciple I was pre-pandemic. It's not going to be good enough for the future. I am positive. <laughs> okay, so here's a couple of things that we, that we learned from the scripture. He says, can we make the friends of the bridegroom fast while he's with them? First of all, I put down there, you know, this, this event was happening at a party. Levi had just been chosen to be one of the disciples. The tax collector on the road and Jesus says, I'll take you. And what did they say of this group? Huh? I must have lost the paper here. Let me tell you what they said. After this Jesus went out and he saw a tax collector named Levi sitting in the tax booth. Follow me, Jesus said. Levi got up, left everything, and followed him. That's the kind of people he's looking for. It's like, what do you, you know, it's like, dude, I got so much, I got so much extra right here. 
And he said, okay, I am, Jesus is going to be my number one. I'm following Jesus. And then Levi held a great banquet for Jesus at his house. And a large crowd of tax collectors came, those sinners, and others were eating with them. But the Pharisees and the teacher of the law, who belonged to their sect, complained to the disciples. I always love that. Why do you complain to the disciples? Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? And Jesus answered, It's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have, come, I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. So it's in the midst of this party that the, the John's disciples and the Pharisees wanted them to fast. I'm sure that they were probably fasting. <laughs> Can you imagine? And the, and the disciples are sitting there eating. They're, they're asking them questions. <laughs> it's like, I'm at a party. I'm at a banquet. Now, now how, do, how does this tie in? Jesus is looking for a kind of people that are able to be different in the world, that will love sinners, even love the IRS workers. I just paid my taxes on, on Friday. He's like, like, Jesus, you're calling me to something deep here. <laughs> uh, but that's what their complaint was. They're not religious enough. Because Jesus is looking for a new type of disciple that's not concerned with the, what is religious, but is concerned with the friendship with the bridegroom. He's also concerned with people of grace. He said the old way of fasting this way or fasting that way or doing this or doing that was not going to be enough. That the new way was going to be a way of grace for everyone. Now, as much as I love the judgment of God, the day of the Lord is coming. Right? It's 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 part of it. We don't like to preach about it. And someone once said that if you preach about it and you're not crying, then you're not a disciple of Jesus, right? Because if we can revel in the, in the destruction of, of the wicked, then we're not connected to what Jesus is connected to. Because Jesus looked and he looked at the multitude and he said, they are like sheep without a shepherd. I'm going to die for them. So Jesus is looking for people that can see the wicked and see them in the right light as people that need Jesus desperately. Okay, I'll keep, I'll keep going here. Here we go. Uh, here's what Jesus is looking for. I've got five Fs. Friends who are freely following, focused on him, who fast. What? I thought this wasn't about fasting. <laughs> you know, but Jesus said, uh, yeah, while the bridegroom is with them, they're not fasting. Is the bridegroom with us? We wish he was in, physically. But there is a time to fast. And I, I, maybe I won't spend much more time on, on this, but I do believe, and, and fasting was another focusing method for, for people, Right? It was a way for people to, to deny themselves so that they could focus on God. And these guys, he wasn't saying you, you guys shouldn't fast. He was saying, they, my, my friends 
are going to focus on something different right now. But there will be a day, and that day is today for us, that we will fast. You're going, are you calling us to a fast? No, I'm not calling you to a fast yet. But he wants us to do, he wants us to follow him strongly in these days. Are you guys with me? All right, last point. So he, he wants us to focus boldly with, on Jesus. He wants us to be a different kind of disciple. He wants us to be a friend. He doesn't want us to be a religious nut. You okay? Who are freely following him. Uh, Jesus liked the parties. You know, the Old Testament God liked the parties. How do I know? Because there's six festivals in the new, in the Old Testament. Six parties. And they were like, they were long parties. They were week long parties, some of them. But he did have one fast. Six festivals, one fast. The fast was important. For us, the fast is important. Okay. But then he needed to give us a new way of thinking. And he said that the new clothes that are patched with old stuff won't work. And new wine that are thrown into old wineskins are not going to work. We have to be spirit-led, just as Leonard has been encouraging us for as long as I've known him. Seriously. Because what's coming in the days ahead, we don't know what that is. But I know that we're going to need to be filled with the Spirit in a much greater dimension than what we're, we're at right now. Okay. The new way of thinking is not getting caught up in the spirit of the world that we just talked about. When we feel anxious or uncertain, we have a place of peace and security. And the new way of thinking is saying, Lord, I know that you have my life in your hands. But we say, I liked it the way it was before. (laughs) You can't teach an old dog new tricks. We've already tasted the old wine. What if the new wine isn't as good? Are you ready to drink the new stuff, guys? Because I really believe where the Lord is taking us and those that are part of what God's doing in this age. It's no longer going to be about, you know, a few nice sermons and trying to fill up the box a number of times. Get bigger, get better. I think what the Lord is saying is like, get focused and get deeper. Because I'm going to need this army of people that are the remnant that can hear my voice and walk with me. Okay, so what are we going to do? Jesus taught us one more thing. He says, you got to become like little children to enter the kingdom of God. I was with my grandkids last night. They're little children. My, they're, they're, they're beautiful and wonderful and loud and so much fun to get to play with and then send home with their mother. <laughs> but as I was walking uh, Caleb out to the car last night, he instinctively grabbed my hand 
right? Because that's what kids do. They just instinctively trust those that are trustworthy. Jesus is completely trustworthy. And all he's asking of us today and any other day, this isn't a big grand thing. He's just asking us to trust him and to listen to him and to help him get us into our car seats. Because <laughs> that was my goal last night, to which he did. I'm, I'm excited for the grand adventure God wants to lead us in in this season. I have no idea what it is, and that's part of it. Yet I will trust him. I will rejoice in the Lord my Savior, because he's doing a good work. So with that, I'm going to just ask you to also trust him, follow him, and get ready for what the Lord's saying next. All right, let's pray. Lord, we are grateful that you are our Lord God, our Savior, our Lord Jesus Christ. That we have a personal Savior, not just an ethereal God one who came to earth to make friends, to teach us how to trust like children. And Lord, I I know that I wandered a little bit today, but that's part of the journey, is that you lead us through the life that we're living. And Lord, as long as we hold your hand, things go better. When we let go, things become that much more difficult. So this morning, we collectively and individually put our hands in your hands and say, lead us, Lord. We know that wherever you lead us is good. We trust you and thank you that you've called us for such a day as this. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, thank you for joining us that are online. I'm going to spend a few more minutes with our the group here. Uh, thanks for being with us, and uh, look forward to trusting God with you in the days ahead. Talk to you soon. All right. See you, YouTube.